I'm going to go back to Ephesians chapter 4 again this morning. Last Sunday morning, looked at the first part of this. Drawing as a text or even a title from verse number 1, that you walk worthy of the vocation or walk worthy of the calling. Walking worthy as a Christian, be called a Christian. And then beginning at verse number 17, as I did last week, it introduces uh, an aspect of a Christian's walk. You henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. We find that there is a need for something in a person's life, and we would look at it from the whole aspect of the Scriptures and be able to understand that it would be the need of holiness. Because the vanity of the mind and the understanding being darkened The blindness of the heart. And then we get all the way down here to verse number 19, which is just a a whole bunch packed in these three verses, 17, 18, and 19. But then in 19, it talks about being past feeling, a callous. How many blisters does it take to develop a good callous? They could even be small blisters, huh? Being past feeling. Now, the last part of verse 19, we probably on a on a unanimous unanimous voice, we would all agree that those things that uh, that the writer is talking about, that the apostle is talking about here, is not something that we are concerned about. It's not on our radar. But the reality is, he's talking about people that have developed such a callousness such a blindness to the eye, a callous to the heart, that they are doing things that they never dreamed possible, but then we, we fail to realize what it takes to develop that callous. It didn't just happen overnight, but it happens through the processes of time and experience of developing that callous. So we begin this morning at verse number 20. Verse number 20 says, But ye have not so learned Christ. Ye have not so learned Christ. You haven't, if that's what your, your plan is, or if that's the direction that you're going, that there are little things that are taking place that are developing a callous, and you think you can get away with that, or that you can make it through that, you have not so learned. You have not learned that from Christ. You have not studied God's Word and come to that conclusion. You are doing it on your own. But verse number 21, If so be that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus... If so be that ye have heard him, 
that you have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, then he lists some things that need to take place in a person's life. And we're still talking about our walk. Be walking worthy of the vocation, walking worthy of the calling, that calling of being a Christian. So what does he say here in verse number 22? That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. I don't think that we fully understand, we, we don't fully understand the position or the plight of humanity until we understand the Old Testament writer when he said that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? And we find here in this passage something very similar to that, that the heart is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. That the former conversation, now that, conver- that word conversation is not necessarily talking about you having a, a conversation with somebody to where you're talking back and forth, but that word conversation there is really representing, or in the Amplified, it says a manner of life, the type of life. The direction of life. Former conversation. The old man. Put off that old garment. It's even like a change of clothes. You could even look at it as a change of clothes. Putting off the old man, the, uh, the carnal mind, the self-will, the pride. The manner of life, the direction of life, the deceitfulness of life, the ugliness of sin. May God help us to see the ugliness of sin. Oh, wait a minute. It's easy to see the ugliness of sin around us. A little more difficult to see the ugliness of sin where it might involve me. You, you personally. The old man, this, 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 this thing that they're calling, that he's calling the old man is subject to deceit. This old man that he's referring to is, is subject to seeking for self. An old Nazarene writer, you might recognize the name, William Greathouse, he said that it's like this, the old self-centered, self-seeking, corrupt self. Now, I, I think he has something to say there about self. The old self-centered, self-seeking, corrupt self. So if we understand that correctly, what Paul is saying here to the Ephesian church, yea to us this morning, is that there, there has to be a spiritual death to or of the self-will that controls the old man. That we put that off. We change out of that garment We get rid of that part of our life, and then he very quickly goes on to step number two, or a portion of, not step number two, but a very poor, same portion, uh, or uh, a portion of the same step, that there must be a renewal of the mind. 
I think I mentioned it just very briefly last Sunday morning, but there's a renewal of the mind that is necessary, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Paul also mentions it in Romans chapter 12, that there needs to be a renewal of the mind. I think that's something for us to pause and, and really take notice of. Maybe it's even more prominent now than what it was, say, you know, a hundred years ago. But it's prominent. It's, it's very noticeable now, the, the renewal of the mind that is necessary. Why is the renewal of the mind so necessary? It's because that the old man or the flesh, the humanity that, is, that we are born in and born with is corrupt by nature. And that has infiltrated our minds and the corruptness of our culture and the corruptness of our society is such that it taints even the spirit of the, of the Christian if he is not constantly in tune or in touch with the Holy Spirit. We must be close enough to be guided by His eye, to be led by His Spirit, to walk hand in hand with Him, to be in step with Him. My wife and I are getting old. We're feeling the age creeping up on us. Sometimes we need to hold on to each other to walk. We have never been able to walk, really walk, arm around each other. You know, walking as some you know, young love, they want to walk with her. We could never do that. It was, it was terrible. I'm so much taller. My legs are so much longer. You're getting the point. You're understanding. I don't think we need to demonstrate that for you. And now that we're a few years older than what we were when we dated, it, that has even compounded the situation. I don't know. I couldn't tell you how long it has been since we tried to walk like that. Just can't do it. Maybe if we'd put stilettos on her or something like that, she might be able to get up there high enough, but still the, the gait, the, you know, the stride is a whole lot different. Just can't do it. You can't walk with somebody that you're far apart with. And when we're talking about this relationship with God, we cannot walk with Him when we're separated from Him. We cannot walk with Him when there's a big void or a, or a, a vast difference between us. We have to be able to get close enough to Him to allow Him to hold our hand or to walk with us and guide us with His eye if we're going to be able to have this kind of walk that he's talking about. And he's saying that there must be a putting off of the old man and a renewal of the mind. This, is not, this does not come by human, human effort. But it, is, it comes by divine intervention. It comes via the Holy Spirit. It comes as the individual surrenders himself or herself to the leadership and the will 
surrenders to the leadership and the will of God. Are you struggling walking with Him? It might be, very well could be, the likelihood is that it's in the surrender of the heart and the will. Personally, not on His part, The nature of this doctrine of Christian holiness is it it has to do with the putting off and the renewal of the mind. And then also in verse 24, we see that it's something to put on. Putting on of of the new man. Not three distinct steps, but a threefold single step. You know, I stuttered around with that just a little bit ago, but there it is clearly not three distinct steps, but a threefold single step. Putting off the renewal and the putting on. Putting on of a new man. Verse 24b, after he tells us that we must put on the new man, he says, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now Peter speaks about this over in first or in second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4 he speaks about people becoming partakers of the divine nature a holy god and again when I, when I think about the Lord's Prayer, the thing that we talk about with the Lord's Prayer, the, our Father which art in heaven, or who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, that a holy God would even consider imparting or giving His nature to the likes of sinful humanity. You read it, read it. You know, he's talking about it, and it's repeated through Scripture about, about the, the, the depths of sin that a person can be found in and of, a part of. And, and yet God has designed, and He wants to impart His nature. He wants to include His nature into the very heart of a human being if they come to Him and they put off and they renew and they put on. That a part of that is this divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. The Amplified says that it's God's image or God-likeness. So let's stop again and and just rephrase this or or re-question ourselves. Does your walk, does my walk or your walk look like his walk? Another translator said, clothe yourselves with that new and better self which has been to resemble God in righteousness and holiness. Resemble God. Now in a completely different context, in a completely different context, I read somewhere that Eusebius, speaking about the sons of Constantine, put it this way. They put on their father. They seem to enter into his spirit and views and to imitate him in all things. Now, that's a complete different context. That's nothing religious in its context, I don't believe. 
It's just simply somebody's comments about the sons of Constantine. You know, I mean, Eusebius saw it. They put on their father. And that's really, though, the way that it should be in this religious and spiritual context. That we put on or we resemble the father. Walk worthy of the calling. The fullness of God, walking in in His righteousness and walking in His holiness or living in. The conversation is a different conversation. The manner of life that have passed is now different from the manner of life that exists, exists now with this renewal that takes place. God's image, reflection of Him. The songwriter penned the words to a song that is interesting to listen to and to sing. When the world looks at you, what do they see? And it goes on to explain that a little bit further, but it's a good question to ask right now. When the world sees us in our manner of life, in our conversation, in our walk, what do they see? Does it resemble? Can they tell that by our walk that it resembles the Father? Because we have taken on His Spirit and His views, and we have, we have learned to imitate Him, or it has so infiltrated and so affected us that we have become a little image of Him, that we resemble Him. That ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of the mind, but in the Spirit of God. Let's stand together this morning. The way of the transgressor is hard, is what I've already said earlier this morning. not the way of holiness. It may be difficult because it goes against the very nature in which we were born, but it is so much better to walk in His holiness, to resemble Him, to allow His grace to change us, and that we walk in that change. May God help each one of us this morning. every heart clear the altar's here if somebody needs to pray so glad that we have an advocate with the father he cares praise God Janae would you dismiss us in prayer